Shop Talk, our Thursday morning episode. We're producing every week, mostly every week, with a focus on labor education, history, and training. It's Thursday, September 21st, and we're broadcasting live from Spice Radio Studio in the heart of the Tennessee Valley in Huntsville, Alabama. Every episode is live streamed on YouTube and Facebook and is released on your favorite podcasting platform in the coming days. Today on the show, we're talking about the stats of the unions in the South. That's right, it's a numbers episode, so all you math heads, get ready. Before we get into that, I do want to take a moment to thank our very first sponsor for Shop Talk. At the Valley Labor Report, we are big fans of Labor Notes. Labor Notes is a media and organizing project that since 1979 has been the voice of union activists who want to put the movement back in the labor movement. Through their magazine, website, books, conferences, and workshops, Labor Notes promotes organizing, aggressive strategies to fight concessions, alliances with worker centers, and unions that are run by their members. Labor Notes is also a network of rank-and-file members, local union leaders, and labor activists who know the labor movement is worth fighting for. They encourage connections between workers in different unions, worker centers, communities, industries, and countries to strengthen the movement from the bottom up. With 40 years of movement building behind them, Labor Notes exist as a resource for leaders and union members who want to chart a new course for the labor movement. At the Valley Labor Report, we are proud subscribers and supporters, and we encourage our listeners to do the same. Go to labornotes.org to find out more. So definitely do that. Big fans of Labor Notes over here at the Valley Labor Report. I'll mention later some trainings they have going on uh, that you may want to take advantage of. So today's episode is a little different. Um... First of all, I do apologize for last week. No episode of Shop Talk last week. I was out of town for a conference and just wasn't able to do it remotely from the hotel. Just ran into too many technical issues. And so I do apologize for the missed episode. Uh, We're back this week. And, you know, I I was really trying to figure out what I would do for Shop Talk this week. Um, You know, or last week, more accurately. And I'll confess that I've been really, really busy lately, so I didn't get a guest interview uh, scheduled in time. So in thinking about what I could do as a solo episode, I had a few ideas, but, you know, all of them I I thought would benefit from a little bit more prep and really a guest if possible. 
Um, we have had a couple of suggestions on topics for Shop Talk episodes. Please keep those coming. Uh, definitely would love to get your ideas about what you would like to see for Shop Talk. And frankly, more feedback about Shop Talk in general. Um, you know, this is our educational training and history series. It's not everyone's cup of tea necessarily. Um, you know, if you're looking for the the hottest news and you know latest breaking developments in the labor movement our saturday show is what you're looking for um but we have heard some feedback that there are folks out there who are really getting some value out of shop talk um uh, but we know you know it's not doesn't have as as broad of an appeal as our saturday show uh so all that to say for those of you who are tuning into shop talk and you find some value there Really would appreciate your feedback on on what you want to see, uh, what kind of episodes you, you're interested in, what kind of guests you're interested in, uh, because really this is, again, just an educational series uh, meant to strengthen the movement uh, and be a resource for the movement. So definitely appreciate any feedback you have there. Um, and if you think it should continue as a weekly series or if it makes more sense for us to move this to a twice a month, once a month kind of series, uh, yeah, just really would love some listener feedback. So, you know, again, thinking about what I was going to do for today, I've thought about what I've been working on lately. And one of the things that I've been doing off and on all year is researching the labor movement's numbers in the South particularly in Alabama. What were the changes from 2021 to 2022 across the 15 southern states? And um, just for reference here, the 15 southern states that I'm including are all the states who have a team in the SEC, or they will have a team in the SEC uh, in the case of Oklahoma. So, what were the trends from 2021 to 2022? What were the overall numbers? Who are the biggest unions in states like Alabama? I've been analyzing these numbers just to better understand the lay of the land as an organizer, not necessarily you know, for an episode of Shop Talk, uh, but I've really been pouring over these numbers and statistics and charts and uh, spreadsheets and trying to just uh, wrap my head around the landscape of labor in the South, especially here in my state of Alabama. So I thought, you know, why not share what I've been seeing and working on with y'all? Uh, I want to shout out my comrade and friend of the show, Chris Townsend, who has been really wonderful in helping me do some of this research. Um, he kind of helped me get started in some places to look and some tips and tricks. Um, and he's been a great resource for me. And so um, if you do not have, you know, those mentor types in your network uh, that you can call on with questions, uh, that's definitely so important to the work we're doing to grow the labor movement and to, to grow a working class movement in this country. So again, you know, I've been analyzing these numbers just to kind of wrap my head around it, not for content necessarily. Um, so today's episode may not be everyone's cup of tea, um, because it's going to be looking at math and numbers and statistics. And, you know, so if that's not for you, I understand. But if you want to know about the state of the union movement in the South from a number standpoint, today is your day. 
And I should say up front also that I am not really a numbers guy. I went to school to be a social studies teacher, not a math teacher. I only had to take one math class in college, and it took me two tries. So this is definitely an amateur look at these numbers. Um, but what I've realized in this research is that there are not very many folks actually crunching these numbers, at least not that I could find. And my hope is that by putting this information out there, not only can it inform some folks, hopefully it will encourage more mathematically inclined type folks uh, to pick up some of this research and really, um, you know, take it in, in a better direction. So with my preamble out of the way, I wanted to examine the sources for this information. You know, if you Google and try to find out how many union members are there in the United States, what's our overall union density, our membership, right? Our percentage of employees who belong to the, to the union. The first source is the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the BLS. And every year they put out a report with all kinds of information about union membership across the states, across industry, across race, etc. And the second main source that I'm using today comes from the Department of Labor, specifically the LMDA filings that unions have to submit. And I'll go ahead and say here that not every union has to turn in this information, nor does every union do it on time. So looking at that data, it's always going to be an incomplete snapshot, uh, particularly when it comes to the public sector. Uh, that's often not captured in that reporting. But let's look back at the at that BLS report that was released at the start of the year. And you probably, you know, saw some of these numbers come out earlier in the year. The national overall union membership rate, the percent of wage and salary workers who were members of unions, was 10.1% in 2022 which is actually down from 10.3% in 2021, according to the BLS. The number of wage and salary workers belonging to unions at 14.3 million in 2022 did increase by 273,000, or about 1.9% 1 from 2021. However, the total number of wage and salary workers grew by 5.3 million, mostly among non-union workers or 3.9%. In other words, while there were more union members in 2022, the number of workers overall grew faster than union membership grew, right? So this disproportionately large increase in the number of total wage and salary employment compared with the increase in the number of union members led to an overall decrease in the union membership rate. So that's how you can end up with more members technically, uh, but a smaller percentage, a smaller density rate. The 2022 unionization rate at 10.1% is the lowest on record. In 1983, the first year where comparable union data is available, the union membership rate was 20.1%, and there were 177 million union workers. So there were actually about 3 million 
over 3 million more union members in 1980, or 1983, excuse me. So over the just the past 40 years, we've seen a significant decrease in our percentage, right? We went from 20.1% belonging to unions to 10.1%. Um, so our union density rate is basically cut in half from where it was 40 years ago. And our overall membership numbers, over 3 million less, despite there obviously being a much bigger population now in 2023 versus 20, uh, 1983, you know, the number of workers has grown significantly over the past 40 years. So very alarming trends there, um, which is very alarming because you know, it is a trend. It's not just a blip on the radar. Like, you know, this decline has been happening for decades now. Uh, and to, to think that, you know, we had the lowest on record in 2022 is remarkable. We have seen a, a real historic resurgence of the labor movement in the past two years. But so far, it has not translated into, you know, a significant growth in our actual union density or, or union membership rate. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing to say that public opo opinion polling supports us. And that's true. 71% of Americans support labor unions. 75% support striking workers. 90% of people under 30, 90% support labor. I mean, and you'd be hard-pressed to find 90% of young folks to agree that they like pizza or video games, right? I mean, 90% is just a, a truly a huge number, which is an indication of the huge potential that we have. So we have this massive gap between the workers' enthusiasm and desire to join unions and support of unions uh, versus who actually belongs. And there's a lot of reasons for that, which, you know, we won't go into today, but needless to say, our broken labor law in this country is a huge factor. Uh, the fierce hostility from corporate America and their, their politician allies um, in a way that is extreme even in compared to many other countries. Uh, but we've also seen atrophy within the union movement itself. And, um, you know, room for improvement with a lot of our unions when it comes to new organizing and internal organizing as well. So, you know, you probably knew some of those big picture numbers there. Uh, that's all been, you know, well reported. And in the big picture, it doesn't look good. You know, uh, unionization rate can, can, continues to, to, to decline. And again, the fact that there are fewer union members today than 40 years ago, despite the massive population growth, is pretty disheartening. And as the unionization rate has declined, economic inequality has skyrocketed. So that's the national picture. And before I dig into the South, a note about the BLS data. It's published every January, and it's based on the monthly current population survey called the CPS. And this is the same survey that collects data from households on their labor force participation, and it's also the source of the national unemployment rate. 
Each month, about 60,000 households participate in the survey, providing a vast source of labor force data and demographics. The two union membership questions are asked of one quarter of the households in the sample, so about 15,000 folks. This small sample limits the amount of data available on union membership by state. Overall, estimates of the number and percent are available for each state, but no further detail is available at the state level. Households are asked, quote, are you a member of a labor union or of an employee association similar to a union? If the answer is no, then there's a second question. Quote, on this job, are you covered by a union or employee association contract? So all that to say that this is the government's best guess at union membership and not an exact recording. If there is a concrete, definitive answer of union membership broken down by state, I'm not really sure who has that or where it exists. Uh, theoretically, it should be accounted for, right? I mean, there is a paper trail of who pays dues. Um, but if there is, you know, a, a really solid list of how many exact members there are in Alabama or any other state, um, you know, I'm not sure where, where that would be. Um, certainly, the state of Alabama doesn't collect that kind of information. And so the other thing about the BLS survey, and again, you know, it's a survey, right? There's, there's limits to what it can tell us because it, it is not an exact accounting of everyone who pays dues. It is a survey of a sample of the population and relies on them to, you know, accurately answer these questions. So the BLS survey will almost certainly capture folks in the public sector and what you might consider, you know, quasi-union members. People are kind of in a gray area and um, it's really debatable as to whether or not we should even count them as a labor union member. So for example, members of the Alabama Education Association in Alabama, the Fraternal Order of Police, right? Theoretically, members of those organizations could have answered yes on that CPS survey and be captured in our union membership percentage. So, you know, that's, that could get us into a whole nother debate about really who counts as part of the labor movement or who should count as part of the labor movement. Uh, but I want to put that out there that there's going to be some, some difference between the BLS data and what you can find strictly through the Department of Labor uh, because that BLS data is capturing public sector folks, folks that, you know, may or may not be considered a union member um, in your eyes. So let's take a look at the 2022 BLS union membership stats for the entire South. Um, I'm, I pulled together a graph and again, I'm not a math guy. Um, I did this uh, on my own, and so I'm sure there is a better way to do this. But um, what I did is take a look at the trends from 2021 to 2022 for the 15 southern states and look at who increased and who decreased 
So if you, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see uh, the chart on your screen and it shows the percent of employed members of unions. Uh, and so the blue is in 2021, the orange is 2022. No, I did not intentionally make those Auburn colors for all you War Eagle fans. So you can see a little bit there in terms of how states stack up against each other in the South, right? Right off the bat, you, you'll probably notice that the Carolinas have the worst membership in the South. South Carolina, only 1.7% of, of employees are members of unions. You'll notice a couple other things right off the bat. Um, not every state decreased. So while the percentage overall for the country did decrease, that doesn't mean every state decreased, right? And we actually did see some states in the South gain a little bit. Uh, these are all very modest gains, but still gains. So who gained in terms of percentage of workers who were members, which again is another way to describe what we call union density? Alabama. Sweet Home Alabama had the highest percentage gain, followed by Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Texas, and Tennessee, with slight bumps in North Carolina and Mississippi. South Carolina stayed about the same. And when it comes to decline in union density, Virginia had the biggest drop, followed by Florida, Louisiana, West Virginia, Georgia, then Oklahoma. So that there's some interesting things there to see that, you know, Florida and Virginia facing some losses, Alabama seeing a pretty big gain, um, the biggest gain in the South in terms of our percentage, right? We went up from 5.9% to 7.2% in 2022. So that's, you know, an interesting little jump. You'll see Kentucky went up a little bit, you know, by 0.7%. Um, Arkansas went up from 3.9% to 4.9%. So Arkansas saw a decent little gain. Um, Missouri, you'll notice, has the highest union membership in the South at 9.6% as of 2022. So they went up a little bit from last year, uh, which brought them into first place in the South they overtook West Virginia. West Virginia went from 9.6% to 9.2%. Uh, of course, West Virginia um, has a lot of strong heritage as coal mining country and, and strong U UMWA membership. Um, and Missouri benefits, of course, from having some large urban areas, um, you know, cities like St. Louis. In terms of raw membership numbers, Texas actually had the biggest gain of, of members with 64,000 new members, followed by Alabama at 34,000, Missouri at 22,000, Tennessee at 18,000, North Carolina at 17,000, Kentucky at 15,000, Arkansas at 13,000, Mississippi at 3,000, and Oklahoma and South Carolina each adding 1,000. Right, so those were all the gains. 
So while Texas had the biggest membership gain in terms of raw numbers, of course, Texas is a huge state population-wise and geographically as well. Um, so their percentage didn't go up as high uh, as Alabama's did. Um, but, you know, according to this data, Alabama added 34,000 new union members last year. Looking at who lost, Florida had the biggest drop in membership numbers. Again, we're looking at the raw numbers now. After we've, we've looked at the percentages, um, but looking at the raw numbers, Florida lost 34,000 members, right? So Alabama added 34,000, Florida lost 34,000, followed by Virginia losing 30,000 members, Georgia lost 11,000 members, Louisiana lost 5,000 members, and West Virginia lost 2,000 members. So digging into the DOL data, which again, doesn't cover most public sector folks, I have been curious about, you know, which unions exist in Alabama? Who's the biggest, where they're at, that kind of thing. So according to the Department of Labor, some of the biggest locals in Alabama include the Machinist Lodge 2003 in Daleville, IBEW 558 in Sheffield, Plumbers Local 760 in Muscle Shoals, United Steelworkers 351 in Tuscaloosa, OPEIU 109 in Dothan, AFGE 1858 in Huntsville, AFGE 1945 in Oxford, AFGE 2206 in Birmingham, Postal Workers 303 in Birmingham, Machinist Lodge 65 in Sheffield, Teamsters 612 in Birmingham, Teamsters 991 in Mobile, and of course the UMWA has several big locals throughout coal country. So those are some of the biggest unions, biggest locals that we have in the state of Alabama. Um, mixture of building trades um, and more white-collar locals. So that's some of the biggest single locals. There are many other unions across Alabama besides the ones I just named, of course. Um, you know, there are hundreds of locals. So there are many small locals. There are also some regional and state organizations. And some of the biggest there include the Alabama Building and Construction Trades Council, the RWDSU Joint Council in Birmingham, the Rural Letter Carriers State Association, the Regular Letter Carrier State Association, the Postal Workers State Association, SMART has a uh, state legislative board, and the Boilermakers have a district lodge in Bessemer. So those are some of the bigger, you know, regional bodies that we have in addition to uh, the labor councils that we have, the central labor councils uh, throughout the state. So one observation is that the greater Birmingham metro area as well as the Shoals area in northwest Alabama are two, you know, higher density areas for union membership in Alabama. So if you had to say, you know, where's, where are unions the strongest in Alabama? I would argue it's the greater Birmingham metro and then the Shoals area up in the northwest. 
And there's plenty more that you could dig into with some of this information, uh, especially if you zoom out of Alabama and look at the rest of the South. For example, I pulled a report on unions that had PACs, these political action committees, right? They have the money to contribute to political candidates. So I was curious, you know, which unions across the South are, you know, big enough to have a PAC and, and how many members do they have and, you know, who's out there doing that kind of thing. According to the DOL data, there are 100 unions across Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Georgia that have PACs. All right, so I just ran the report to look at Alabama and our neighboring states, and there were 100 that had a PAC. And this did include some regional and state union organizations as well. Um, and unlike in some of the other states, the National Education Association's Florida affiliate, FEA, is captured in this report. So that was interesting. There's um, some differences in Florida with their education employees versus, say, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. Uh, my understanding is that the NEA and the AFT actually have some merged locals down in Florida. Um, and, you know, I can't fully explain why the FEA is captured on this report, but like the AEA is not. Um, but looking at some of those states, you know, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, between Alabama and those four bordering states, there those 100 unions with PACs, the biggest one in terms of membership was the Florida Education Association, followed by IATSE 479 in Atlanta, the American Maritime Officers in Florida, IBEW 1579 in Augusta, Georgia, Carpenters 4043 also in Augusta, Georgia, Plumbers 150 in Augusta, so Augusta, very strong for building trades. The top three Alabama unions with PACs are Ironworkers 92 in Birmingham, Boilermakers Lodge 108 in Bessemer, and CWA 3902 in Birmingham. Now, poor Mississippi doesn't have much representation. But the top three unions there with PACs are the IBEW 903 in Gulfport, Teamsters 891 in Brandon, and Plumbers 568 in Gulfport. And the last thing I wanted to do is go back to Alabama for just a sec and take a look at the broader trend compared to the overall national membership rate. So you should see there on your screen, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, uh, what this chart shows is the members of unions as a percent of employed in the United States and Alabama from 2012 to 2022. And what you can see there, of course, is that the United States membership trends down uh, slightly. Uh, back in 2012, it was over 11%. As I mentioned, it's now down to 10.1%. So it's got a you know slight decline there. There was a little blip earlier, uh, a couple years back. And the thing that stood out to me about this is that in 2013, 2014, Alabama's union membership rate was almost the same as the 
United States membership rate, right? So Alabama was pretty much on par with the rest, with the country's overall membership rate. Uh, and we have seen that change over the past eight years or so. Uh, we have seen a gap grow between the national membership rate and Alabama's union membership rate. So again, you know, a, a very alarming trend, right? Ten years ago, Alabama had about as many union members as the national average. Now we have less. We still have more than other states in the South, as you saw. Um, but that's very concerning that this gap would be growing. And while the gap did shrink last year because of that, that gain, um, that gain of 34,000 new members, ostensibly, you know, again, that's, that's something that we need to be looking at as a movement and, and considering and asking why these numbers are the way they are um, and figure out what's really going on with it and try to get to the bottom of it. So there we have it in terms of the statistics and numbers that I've been looking at. If I made a mistake, I'm very sorry. Uh, and again, I point to my disclaimer that I am just an amateur. I'm just a union guy, working class guy, who wants to know how many members we have and where those members are and who they are and who they belong to. I think it'd be good for us to know that, right? Just like the the landscape of our movement, the geography of our movement, um, the real hard statistics on who we have and where we got them. As for takeaways, I guess I would say that despite the fact that the U.S. membership is declining, uh, and despite the fact that obviously union membership is much lower in the South than the rest of the country, there were some modest gains made in the South from 2021 to 2022. Now, how real is that? I don't know. Uh, for the life of me, I cannot figure out where those extra 34,000 union members in Alabama were supposedly gained. Um, I don't know where they're at. I don't know who they belong to, uh, where they're located. And so I'm asking, you know, is this just a statistical blip? that will correct next year? Or was there really that kind of gain? Um, and if so, again, you know, where did they come from? And the confusing thing there is it didn't come from new union elections, right? Um, I didn't mention this, but as part of this research, I did go through and look at the NLRB elections for the year uh, from 2021 to 2022 in Alabama. And there's just no way that that accounts for 34,000 new members. Uh, there were just a handful of union elections, even less, that were successful um, and not a particularly large amount of new members that were added through that process. So um, really, I'm left with more questions than answers about that, that gain that Alabama saw. But... It's better to see gains than losses, obviously. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know what we can find out from that. My other main takeaway is that we need folks figuring this out and really mapping out our membership. 
I'd love for folks to build off this and really dig into the data because there's enough brains and talent in our labor movement that we can have better data. Um, we need to know when the government says we grew by 34,000 new members in our state and that our state had the largest increase in the South of members, we should try to find out who they are, right? We should try to figure out what happened there. How did it increase? Was it something we were doing? Or was it not? Uh, was it despite things we were doing? Right? These are all questions that we have to ask ourselves if we're serious uh, about growing this movement. And if we're serious about this movement, we have to be serious about growing this movement because we can't accept one in 10 as a union density rate across this country. That's not acceptable, one in 10. Um, as long as we are encircled in a state like Alabama and really across the country, as long as our movement is encircled and continually shrinking, um, we are gonna continue to lose power and we're going to continue to see working class people exploited and oppressed. So we have to do better for the sake of all working people across Alabama, across the South and across this country. And I would just encourage those folks who are statistically minded, who are mathematically minded, who are much better at spreadsheets and graphs than I am uh, to be really digging into this data and see what we can find out about our members, who they are, where they are. Um, and, and let's look at these trends and see if we can actually learn something from it uh, that can help us grow the movement. So as a wrap up, I do want to share a few Labor Notes events that they have coming up this, uh, this month. Their Stewards Workshop is September 26th on dealing with difficult supervisors. Uh, that will be a really good one. Uh, I'm sure you would never have a diff difficult supervisor in, in your life, right? Like, surely that'll never happen to you. Uh, but just on the off chance you might actually get a difficult supervisor, this is a good class for you. It is geared towards stewards and elected officers, not for union staffers. Um, I also wanted to mention that... Uh, on September 18th, they had a Secrets of a Successful Organizer training in Atlanta. And if you are ever interested in Labor Notes coming to your city, uh, just reach out to them and work with them. We worked with them to bring the Alabama Troubles Troublemaker School to fruition last year in October. Uh, we worked with Luis and Courtney and the whole team at Labor Notes to make that event happen, make it successful. Uh, so I really hope things went well in Atlanta and just encourage folks to, to think about that. If there's ways to bring labor notes to your community, it's really worth doing. And as a wrap up, the last reminder I have is that I will be on America's Workforce Radio tomorrow uh, talking a little bit about the Valley Labor Report, IATSE, and Alabama Arise. And that's it for, for today's episode of Shop Talk. Hope it was worth your time, and I really appreciate everyone listening. If you enjoyed it, please share with your network and make sure that you're plugged in to our work. Just a reminder that the Valley Labor Report is a working-class media collective dedicated to lifting up labor struggles throughout Alabama and across the South. 
We bring you Alabama's only union talk radio show every Saturday morning with the first half from 9.30 to 11 a.m. live on FM radio through WVNN here in the Huntsville listening area. The entire program is online via Facebook, YouTube, and podcasts, and portions of the program are replayed on WZZA in the Shoals and WHIV out of New Orleans. You definitely want to check out this Saturday's episode because, of course, we'll bring you all the latest in the UAW fights. Uh, we encourage you to check out our website, tvlr.fm, which, of course, we use to post articles and commentary. You can check out our store while you're there for our merch and, of course, sign up for our email newsletter while you're there. And finally, we rely on donations and sponsorships to put out all of this free content. We appreciate the unions and organizations that sponsor ads on our Saturday show, as well as Labor Notes sponsoring Shop Talk. Our single biggest source of contributions comes from listener donations. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring contribution at tvlr.fm slash donate. Whether you donate, share, subscribe, or just listen, we really appreciate your support, and we can't do it without you. And last thing, I just want to, to again thank everyone for tuning in. Thank everyone for their support of the Valley Labor Report. We just had our first live show this past weekend. It was a big success. Um, we've continued to see the program grow and uh, really just appreciate all the feedback that we get from y'all, all the support and the love uh, that we get from y'all. It really means a lot. And we're just trying to spread that message. So if you share our mission to grow the Southern labor movement, if you share our belief in the power of solidarity and collective organization, if you want media that is for working people by working people, please consider becoming a recurring donor at tblr.fm slash donate. All power to the workers. Solidarity, y'all.